Father, we just want to thank you for this morning, the first day of the ninth month, Lord. What a privilege, O Lord, for all of us as a church. Father, we do not want to take anything for granted, Lord, that you ordain these times, that we could come together, we could listen to your word, we could meditate upon your word, we could dig into your word, we just could look into your word, not just the letter, but the spirit to understand the intention of your heart, what you have for us in these last days. Father, therefore this morning I pray that you would, Lord, bless us with a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, your word says, O Lord, be circumspect, redeem the time, because the days are evil. And Lord, your word says, O Lord, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And and every occasion, O Lord, that you give to us, uh, Father, to come together to meditate upon your word. As your word says, O Lord, it is by the hearing from faith, you fill us with your spirit. And therefore, I pray, Lord, that we will gather as much oil as possible. During these times of meditation that you give to us, and Lord, deposit the Holy Spirit into our lives, the Word of God into our lives. As your Word enjoins us, let the Word of God richly dwell in you, that you would be able to admonish one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship from the Spirit, making melody to God in your heart. And therefore, we come at this time into your hands. Enable us to be still in your presence and be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Two-thirds of the year is over. That is 66.6%. That is 666 of the year is over. So hopefully the rest of the year, one-third, that is 33.3%, will, will the government of God will be established in our lives. Okay. Okay. So you need two-thirds majority for any oath, right? So this morning... Um, uh, we want to prepare ourselves uh, for the days to come because, I mean, um, you, you look at th- things that are happening all around the world and you listen to voices, authentic voices, not um, fringe voices, people who have really uh, gone through the test, who have gone through the fire, who have uh, sought the Lord with fasting and prayer, who have not, uh, you know, placated uh, their people, their audience, their congregations or prepared their congregations, genuine men of God. You hear, hear those voices and you will see everybody saying the same thing. Okay. Um, they, are, they don't speak multiple things. Either the Lord is at hand or God is going to do a reset. That's, this is essentially what the voice you will hear from authentic voices from all around the world. And therefore, we have to prepare for the worst as a church. We don't want to take anything for granted, right? And therefore, it says in Second uh, Peter chapter three, we'll look at look at from Second Peter chapter three and verse uh, ten onwards. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. <laughs> okay, this is not. It's thief will never warn us. So he says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. But he says to us in First Thessalonians chapter five, he says, uh, regarding times and seasons, my brothers, I don't I don't need to write to you. Because you very well know that the day of God will come as a thief in the night, but you will not be taken unawares. You yourself will be prepared. In other words, there will be in all of us, as if you are in tune with the Spirit of God, if you're really, your heart is toward God, you're not talking about perfection, 
we may all have different different struggles and we may be in our different uh, stages in our walk with the lord but if you're genuinely there is a genuine hunger for god and really your heart is stayed on him there's there will be an intuition there will be a um an urgency in your in your inner man if you will uh which will uh, keep warning you right so it says uh, but at the day of the lord will uh, will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with a fervent heat i just want to see that <laughs> we see a, a, bits of it we saw it in hiroshima nagasaki maybe when they blasted the nuclear bomb uh when you know what what is essentially uh, atom is is a high energy thing right uh, what keeps the protons and the neutrons together together is some energy which is so high and god says i'm just going to you know withdraw myself okay so fission reaction will take place <laughs> literally so that's the reason why he says he holds everything by the by the word of his power not not by the power of his word by the word of his power he holds everything okay in him everything consists it says in colossians chapter 1 therefore he's just going to withdraw his presence and then all hell will break loose literally so and the elements will melt with the fervent heat you see you need to understand the way god deals with his children and the way god deals with the world are totally different we do not confuse the two thessalonians says that we are not appointed to wrath okay we are not appointed for wrath the world is appointed for wrath it does not that does not mean that god does not discipline us he disciplines us that's what that's the reason why it says in first corinthians chapter 11 he judges us okay so that we will not be condemned with the world see for the world is there for condemnation it's 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 reserved for judgment okay but not the children of god okay so we are all being prepared by god we being chastised by god we being we go through the disciplines of god so that we don't partake of the wrath that is going to come upon the whole world and this is not the wrath of of satan it is the wrath of god and that is that is something which we have to prepare our, i mean we have to save ourselves from all right therefore since all these things will be dissolved okay all these things meaning all things meaning all things will be dissolved that means disappear mayam gayab and he says if because all these things that you that you put your trust in whatever the things that you that you really um, i mean you built your dreams upon if you will those things will be dissolved and therefore what manner of persons ought you to be in what in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the lord of the day of the day of god because of which the heavens will be dissolved being on fire and the elements will melt with a fervent heat just imagine elements okay elements <laughs> iron will melt everything will melt <laughs> silicon will melt everything will melt all right nevertheless we according to his promise all your happy periodic table will melt okay <laughs> everything will melt there will not going to be any more happy periodic table okay everything is going to melt okay so all your inorganic chemistry everything will go out of the window huh nevertheless we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth we are not going to talk about how those heavens will look but what will dwell in that heavens righteousness what dwells in that heaven righteousness meaning those people who have been born again who've been clothed by the righteousness of god who have established the righteousness of god in their hearts those are the people 
who will dwell in the new heavens and the new earth. And in other words, there's, a, there's going to be environment only conducive for people who are righteous in the sight of God. All the other people will be out. Therefore, we prepare ourselves. And another warning, okay, one of my favorite verses again in the Bible is Amos chapter 3 verse 7. Look at what it says. Surely, everybody say, surely. (laughs) Do you believe that? Surely the Lord will do nothing. This is the principle, my dear brothers. But he reveals, unless he reveals his secret with his servants, the prophets. That is the reason why believe in the Lord, you will be, you will be, you will be established, and believe in His prosper, uh, prophets, you will prosper. You know the word for prosper in the in the in the in the Telugu is krutar dhulu, meaning you will pass the test. If you want to pass the test, believe in the Lord and believe in the prophets. In other words, believe in the prophetic voice, which gives you the revelation. You know, a lot of people think that there is no revelation anymore. I mean, I was listening to what a very good men of God. They say there is no more revelation anymore. There is only illumination. Illumination is in the holy place. In the most holy place is what? Revelation. You still talk about the illuminated mind. Because ultimately, the word for revelation is what? The the Greek word is apocalyptos, meaning something which has been hidden, which has been revealed, and it has been progressive. Nobody can say that everybody knows everything. Okay. Even Apostle Paul, when he wrote his epistles, I'm, not, I'm sure he did not know the complete import of the statements that he was making. Okay. When John was writing, it is like this, it is like this, because he has no, he, because he doesn't know what, what, what exactly, and all the world will see the murder of those two prophets. How will they be able to see? Did he have any idea as to how that was, that was possible? That one day we'll have uh, data on our telephones, on our mobile phones? And they will they will send each other gifts. How will you send each other gifts through UPI payments? Think about it. So see, they wrote it. The complete import of the statements that they have made is only being made uh, available to us in these last days. So therefore, we don't take these things for granted. And the Lord says He will do nothing. You have to believe this. Unless he reveals his servants, his secret to his servants, the prophets. And, this, and, the, and the reason why it says, his, his, his secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And then he tells his disciples, I no longer call you what? Servants, I call you friends. Because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But the friend will know. Because you are walking in such a fantastic relationship with the Lord. So the, God, the Lord will reveal his heart to you. And you have a prototype of this of a man of faith in the old uh, in the old testament who was called a prophet because um, because when um, when god uh, rebukes abimelech and abimelech says he told, i did not touch her etc and he gives his personal testimony <laughs> the lord says your personal testimony is not garbage i kept you from sinning okay and he says my integrity etc nonsense Go and ask. <laughs> okay, there's no integrity there. And God, God tells that guy, he says, go and ask him to pray for you for he is a prophet. He's a prophet. The first father, father of all believers and we are all children of Abraham. Amen? So if we are children of Abraham, this is what the Lord promises us. Look at what it says in Genesis chapter 18. Genesis chapter 18 is not Abraham. This is Abraham. Abraham, the one who has received this new life from God so that he can birth an Isaac. Look at what it says. According to Genesis chapter 18 verse 16 onwards. Then the men rose from there and looked towards Sodom. 
and Abraham went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm doing? I mean, he's asking himself this question, you know. He's thinking in his mind. The Lord is thinking, the Holy Spirit is revealing. This is amazing. He's not telling Abraham, okay. The Lord is thinking to himself. The, the Holy Spirit and the Lord are having a conversation. What do you think, Holy Spirit? Should we reveal? Should we hide it from Abraham? The Holy Spirit says, no, no, Lord. Absolutely not. Since Abraham will surely become a great and a mighty nation and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And that's exactly what it says, right? We also are children of Abraham and we also have received the blessing of Abraham. And what is the blessing of Abraham? The promised Holy Spirit, right? And then, then what, what, it's, what, what, is, what does he say? He says, for I know him. Amazing, isn't it? God knows us, each one of us, whichever stage of, 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 our, of our spiritual life we are in, okay? God knows us. That's the reason why the first Psalm. The Lord knows the ways of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The Lord knows. I have known him. The other translations will use the word, I have chosen him. NLT will say, I singled him out. I love that. Ah, Beautiful, isn't it? And I'll tell you something. God has singled each one of you out for a purpose. And therefore he says, shall I hide from him? What am I about to do? For I know him. What will he do? That he will command his children, not instruct only. Not argue and uh, give reason with the children, to the children. Children have to be uh, commanded. Understand that? We don't, we have come. (laughs) See, that is the reason why when we look at the Genesis account, right? The Lord God commanded. It is not the sayings of Jesus. Sayings of Jesus, you can just uh, read the sayings of Jesus and say fantastic sayings. But the commands of Jesus, isn't it interesting? The command, one of the commands of Jesus, thou shalt not commit what adultery. Okay, give me an example. But I say to you, the command of Jesus: if <laughs> if anyone has lusted after a woman in his heart, he has already committed adultery with her. And therefore, if your eye causes you to stumble, what is it? Pluck it out. Suggestion. Come on, meaning be ruthless. Otherwise. It is better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having both eyes and going towards hell. Okay. So he says he will command his children and his household. That is the reason why, remember the when, when he gets the command to circumcise his household, what does he do? The very day, everybody in his household at his command. I, I'll tell you something now. This is something incredible about, um, about, uh, about Abraham. When Lot, uh, he receives the news that Lot has been captured. Whom does he take? 300 trained soldiers. Where? In his own household. Man, he was a man of faith and his faith was what? Contagious. Remember the story of Esther? Mordecai says, if you keep quiet at a time like this, God will raise a help from somewhere, somewhere else, but you and your household will perish. So what does, what does Esther send? She sends back a message and she says, fast for me and then me and my, hurry. Me is okay. Now she has gone to the palace and she has made some maid servants also. What? Fast along with her. Think about that. Isn't faith contagious? Absolutely is. And his household after him, that they should keep the way of the Lord, do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Therefore, he says, you know what, I know this guy. 
I know him and I, and I test him and I'm sure every test I'm going to send him, send us away from now on, he's going to pass. Okay. And he's going to have an Isaac who will be laid on the altar and he's not going to blink an eye. And he will say, dad, tie me up and put a, put a, put a nice mask on my eyes also so that I don't see. What a, what a, see, what a son to mentor, isn't it? Amazing, no? A person who will not be a source of trouble at all for his parents. Amazing. So what about in the new covenant? John's Gospel chapter 16 will say something very interesting. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Okay, that's exactly the reason why God also does not show everything to us. Okay, Revelation is always progressive. Hmm? You can call it illumination, but I call it revelation. Okay. However, when he, the who? The spirit of truth, that is the person of the Holy Spirit, has come. What will he do? He will guide you into all truth. That is the reason why I say the statement. No, he says, just because you have the Bible, it does not mean that you have the truth. And just because you have the truth, does not mean that you have all truth. Okay. Okay. Not God does not give truth to just one man. He gives it. He spreads it across. It is together with the saints that we should be able to uh, decipher the length, breadth, and the height, and the that is the reason why we read so many people, right? And godly people who have gone ahead of us and who have who have uh, who have given a testimony and a and a deposit of uh, spiritual resources so that we could delve into those truths and and uh, and uh, and be blessed by them. The Spirit of Truth. What will He do? He will guide you into all truth. That's essentially the anointing. That's the reason why He says the anointing that is upon you. What will He do? He will guide you to all. He will, he will teach you and He will guide you, right? For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will, the word is very interesting, no? tell you of things to come. The word for tell you is as if an angel came and announced to you the things that are about to happen. You, you remember the New Testament, how it starts off? It starts off with angelic visitation. The angel of God comes and tells Zachariah. The angel of God comes and tells Mary, angel of God comes and tells the shepherd. That's exactly what he's saying. The spirit of the Lord will be like an angel and it will inform you of the things that is, that is yet to come. It's remarkable. What a promise for all of us. That is the reason why it's so very important for us to, 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 to be good stewards of our relationship with the Holy Spirit. Be very sensitive to his voice. Be very sensitive to his convictions. When he's prodding, prodding us and he's bringing conviction into our lives, settle those accounts. Don't delay them. Because today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Because if you harden, what has happened? The Holy Spirit is slowly being withdrawn from your lives. And what will happen over a period of time? You'll become hardened. You will have no convictions whatsoever. And actually, what will happen? You'll become worse than you were before. That's what will happen with many believers. They started with such tender hearts, but after a while, because they've neglected the proddings of the Holy Spirit, the proddings of the Holy Spirit, and the convictions of the Holy Spirit, over a period of time, the Holy Spirit will slowly withdraw, and what will happen? Heart gets hardened. That is the reason why, remember when uh, when Peter uh, brings the message to Cornelius's house, first what happens? The Holy Spirit comes upon them. And then when he goes and gives his testimony to the to the Jews, you know what they say? They glorified God saying that God also has granted the gift of the Holy Spirit, the Gentiles, bringing them to what? Repentance. Mm-hmm. You see, the work of repentance is the work of the Holy Spirit. It can, you cannot repent by yourself. And if the Holy Spirit is gone, you will not be brought back to repentance like, like the way it happened to, uh, to Esau. 
Okay, you can weep and cry all you want, but there is no conviction deep down inside of your heart. And that is dangerous. Okay, He will tell you of things to come. Therefore, we need to be good stewards. So we should be living a life because He is holy. As He is holy, we also be holy. Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 3. Let's look at those two, uh, uh, those three words, words over there. He says, because He comes like a thief in the night, your conduct should be holy. You should live a godly life. You should look for and hasten the day of the Lord. That should be our attitude. Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Because hastening the day of the Lord means what? I'm looking forward to seeing him. Seeing him. Okay. Otherwise, it'll be, it'll come like a what? Like a thief in the night. So if you should not come like a thief in the night, what kind of attributes we need to inculcate and develop? Again, how many? Seven. Okay. <laughs> seven. Okay. You tell me anything, I will find seven. Okay. <laughs> because my date of birth is November 7th. So, I'm just, just, just joking. So November, November 7th. And pastor is 7 times 3, 21. So, October 21. So, fine. <laughs> so, he, he'll, he'll show you. <laughs> three times more perfection he will show you. Okay. Matthew chapter 24. Verse 45 onwards. <clears throat> Who then is a faithful and a wise servant? Whom his master made ruler okay, over his household to give him, give them food in season. Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. You know what this means, you know, this guy is living in the light of the coming of the Lord every day and he's engrossed in the work of God. You understand? Okay. He's engrossed. Okay. So it doesn't matter when the Lord comes, he's always there at his post. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. Okay. It's amazing, no? <laughs> He's going to make you ruler over all his goods. In other words, Tijori ka chabi, modi ke paas nahi, aapke paas. Thikha? Matthew chapter 24. But if that evil servant in his heart says, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with the drunkards, the master, of the, uh, the master of, the, of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him. Okay, remember that? We looked at uh, the day of the Lord will come as a, what? Thief. Okay. And at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him into two. Bah. Renduka neriki. In other words, cut him into two. Other translations will use the word peace, peace. Here, cut him into two. I don't, I, 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 I think the, there's a, there's an illusion to, uh, because he broke the covenant. Remember, when, when you make a covenant with the Lord, uh, you break those animals into two, and you walk between the, between those animals saying, if I break the covenant, what happened to these animals should happen to me. That is what it means. Okay, that's an illusion over here. Because that means you've been unfaithful to my covenant, basically. So what I'm going to do to you is what 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 will happen to all covenant breakers, okay? So the kingdom of God, we what we do. I mean, the, the Christianity is a relationship. It's a it's a covenant. It's not a contract where you just easily just walk out of it. No way. No 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 no. And I will cut him into two and appoint his portion with the who? With the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? <laughs> That means fresh pair of teeth will be given to you. Okay. <laughs> so that you can gnash all eternity. I don't know. So what is this holy conduct? There's got seven attributes, four positive, three negative. 
four positive, three negative. Look at those attributes and we'll just look at each of those attributes briefly so that we'll remind ourselves as to what these attributes are. First of all, he's a faithful servant. What is he? He's a faithful servant. Second, he is a wise servant. Okay. Then he is a ruler of the over the household of God. Third. Fourth one, he is a person who is preparing food in season. That means uh, he is a, uh, what do you say? Bavarchi, um, if you want to call him. Hmm? Preparing food according to season. And then, he is a person who is patient to the delays of God. Okay? This is the opposite of what the other, the other servant does not. Right? He has a positive attitude to the fellow servants. And then, he has a positive attitude towards pleasures. His attitude towards pleasures, his attitude towards fellow servants, his patience towards to God's delays, the way he prepares food according to season, that he is a ruler over this household of God, over the over the goods that God has given him, he's a wise servant and he's a faithful servant. Seven attributes that we have to keep practicing in our lives. I'm telling you honestly, these are some things which are by practice. I'll tell you something, we are all people of habit. Isn't it true? On two days I went for a vacation. I was longing to come back to church office. Honest, my <laughs> my goodness, whichever place you know, after one day I get really bored. However much comfort you give to me, that after one day I want to, I'm raring to come back to church office. It's impossible for me to, because we are all creatures of habit. Let me give you an example. Okay, uh, remember by the time we, just every Sunday the way we go to church. Okay, when we go to church, we all have our have our seats marked for us. Nobody has marked it for us. By default, the moment we enter the church, some will go to the left, some will go to the right. Nobody has to tell them, hey, your seat is here. No. Have you seen that? Right, Peter? If somebody takes that seat, they know it. This is not, this is not his soul. Just by accident, if he takes the seat, so when I come, he will get up and go to another place. I don't have to tell him, hey, this is my seat. No, 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 no. There is a, <laughs> we are all people of habit, my dear brothers. We are creatures of habit. Okay. So practice makes. No. Permanent. Thank you so much. Not perfect. Permanent. (laughs) Okay. We are not temporary. We are permanent people. People. Okay. We are permanent citizens of the kingdom of God. Let us not have our names blotted out from the king of, from the book of life. No, 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 no. So, so, so we are all people of habit. You, you should observe this, no? People, even in during pastors' covenants, when they enter into the hall, some people go to the right, some people go to the left, some people go forward, some people go backward. It is by habit. I'm not saying just. I'm not judging the spiritual condition with the, with the seats that they take. I'm just saying that we are people of habit. Okay. So there are. This is what I'm talking about. So we we have to inculcate and practice. It says, exercise yourself unto godliness. Okay, bodily exercise profits little, meaning nothing, actually. Ultimately, this is going to go. Okay. This is not Sarinam. <laughs> it is going to go one day. Okay, you have to be a good steward of the resources that God has given you and ask God, Lord, I'm in it for a long haul, not for a short trip. Long obedience, <laughs> right? And I want to be stay faithful to the end. Therefore, there are seven attributes over here. And let us look at what these attributes mean. In, we have looked at it in different contexts, but in the light of his coming, what is God looking for? Okay, first, faithful. Okay, faithful, faithful. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. <clears throat> Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. Okay. 
the word for goodness is chesed. Loving kindness or covenantal love. I am covenanted to you. That's what they will say. But a faithful man? Who can find? It is a rhetorical question. That means it's very rare. You remember, in Jeremiah chapter 5 verse 1, go to the up and down of Jerusalem, okay, and search for a man, for one man, who will do righteousness and justice and who is weeping for the, <laughs> you know, there was a, I forget uh, the name of that uh, philosopher. Uh, that, that philosopher was known to carry a lantern in the, on the streets of Athens. You know, remember that philosopher, pastor? You remember that pastor? This guy used to walk up and down the streets of Athens. You know why? Because he was searching for one guy who was righteous. Okay. So going up and down, going up and down, going up and down the street of Athens, no? And it's like a sarcastic, uh, what do you call, tone and matter, basically. He's saying, there's nobody here. Nobody. Every man proclaims everyone his own faithful. I am faithful, they will say. Like Peter, no? Even if everybody forsakes you, <laughs> I will be there till the very end. But, uh, God says, really Peter? <laughs> Peter, Peter, Satan has asked me permission to sift you as wheat. He doesn't call him Peter, Peter. He calls him Simon, Simon. He's not Peter that, at that time, okay? Simon, Simon. No, words are very interesting, no? Simon, Simon. Satan has asked me permission to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. That your faith should not fail you. And once you have been restored, strengthen your brothers. No, 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 Lord. Really? <laughs> Boy, we should never ever boast, okay? And God will, you know, when you boast about something, He is going to do everything to prove you wrong. Who? God. That is the reason why He says He resists. You know what the word for resist is? His entire army is against us. Not, not for us. If God be for us, who can be against us? That, that Elisha could say. Those who are with us is much more greater than those who are with, uh, with them. That is only the armies of heaven will be for you if you are humble. Otherwise, they are strategically against you. Okay. And <laughs> who has known the mind of the Lord that you should instruct him? Why are you doing like this? Can anybody ask this question? No way. Who is, what are you, a man? So, faithful man, a faithful man. Who is this faithful man? Who is this faithful man? The word for for faithfulness is fantastic. Look at what it says about a person who is faithful. Isaiah chapter 26. In that day, this song shall be sung in the land of Judah. We know this verses very well, okay? But let us look at it again. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation, which what? Keeps the truth. That is the, that is the word for faithfulness. Who remain faithful. They just not hear the truth. They what? They keep the truth. That they may enter in. You will keep him in perfect peace. Okay, the word for perfect peace is very interesting. Okay, perfect peace. Peace is shalom. Perfect peace is shalom, shalom. Verily, verily. Surely, I will say. It's very interesting. Okay, You will keep him in perfect peace. Complete peace. Why? Because his mind is what? Stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. This is such a 
fantastic verse. Let me tell you what it means. No? In other words, this is what we call as a single-minded devotion. There's a verse in uh, Matthew chapter 6, if I'm right, that I, forget to put, I forgot to put it. It says, if your eye is single, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, 23, if I'm right. Yeah? It says, if your eye is single, your whole body is what? Full of light. Okay, single. Simple. Other translation we use the word simple, meaning there's no division at all in, in as far as your, 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 your aim is concerned. Remember the story of Dronacharya and, uh, and those, his, his sishas, right? <laughs> what do you see? I see the birds. I see the leaves. I see the bird and I also see the eye. He says, you will not hit it. Please, please move on. And what does Arjuna say? Only the eye. That's it. Single-minded devotion. In other words, my heart is not divided. My mind is not divided. There is no divisions in my mind. In as far as my devotion to what God is concerned, I am in it, heart and soul the best of my knowledge. And I'm asking God to make me perfect. That's the reason why he says in uh, Psalm 85, he says, unite my heart to fear your name. What a beautiful verse. Unite my heart to fear your name. He who does not gather with me, what does he do? Scatters abroad. What is God in the business of? He is in the business of gathering people and making them one. First, making you one and making all of us in the body of Christ one. Uh, forget that. I, I'm sorry, I missed my Bible. It says, let everybody have the same mind, same knowledge, and the same language. First Corinthians chapter 1. It's okay, no, no problem. First Corinthians chapter 1. Everybody. Let there be no divisions among you. So in order, in order for, the, for that to happen, it, it does not happen in the entire church, but there should be a bunch of guys who have this single-minded devotion to God. They are not distracted with any, any, any other thing other than fulfilling the purposes of God in their lives. Let me tell you something. We have only one life. One life. It will soon pass. Soon pass. And the time is short. Okay. 40 years of my life is gone. I mean, I mean when I look at my <laughs> life and I said, I wish to, I would to God, I would have started earlier in my life. No? Some people started it serving God when they were 18 years old or something, 15 years old. Okay, God has his own plan. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that we compare ourselves to with others. But what I'm saying is this. We sing that song, no? Wept for my wasted years. Paid for my wickedness. He died in my place. First Peter chapter 1. Four, chapter 4. Can you read that for me, Peter? First Peter chapter 4 was 1, 2 and 3. For, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't. I put it, didn't put it. Yeah, First Peter chapter four, verse one, two, and three. Yeah. As much as Christ has suffered for us in our flesh, uh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. You know what it means? The person who is given over to something, you know, you know the power that that fellow has, the power of a consecrated guy, either positive or negative. The Taliban fellow says, I am going to die for Allah. Power. And he is going to put everything and is going to blast himself. No issues. You see, one consecrated fellow, everybody will get worried, no? Tensed. He is given over for the purposes of God. And then goes on, goes on to say, let's read on. That we should suffer in the flesh, a cease from sinning so that 
he no longer lived the rest of the time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the for the will of God. For the time that is past is sufficient. Is sufficient. We have spent sufficient time in the past to live in all kinds of other things, wasting our time and our opportunities that God has given us. God says, no longer for the lust, lust of the flesh, but for the will of mine. A single-minded devotion. So who's a fellow who keeps the truth? His mind is absolutely focused. This is what God has given me. At least, at least a temporary goal, vision God has given me. What is the temporary vision that God has given me? Study yourself to show yourself approved unto God and workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth is what he has given me. So what I should do, every waking hour, Lord, am I studying the word? Am I meditating upon the word? Am I dividing the word of God? Am I feeding my feeding the congregation that God has entrusted into my hands with your words, with your thoughts, so that I can equip them for the coming days? And if I am divided, it will show in my life and it will show in your life. Otherwise, that's the reason why he tells about the Pharisees. They are blind. And if, a bl- if you follow the blind, both of you will what? Fall into a ditch. They don't know where they, where, where they are going. The, fa- the fact of the matter is that they, not, they had the knowledge of the word, but they didn't have the revelation of the person. Perfect peace. Why? His mind is stayed on you. Why? He trusts in you and he does not trust in himself. You know, remember that verse? Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, not with some of your heart. Okay, I trust in you implicitly, Lord. That is to where God is leading us, no? Faithful person. Mind is stayed on you. Therefore, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, look at what it says. I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. Okay. It's like Paul is having a, having a daughter. Okay. What is the ultimate purpose of a of a father, one day the daughter will have a pure testimony. He would keep herself pure. He would be, she would be prepared for that one man like Rebecca. All the days of her life. Okay. And then who gives <laughs> this woman away? I do. And that is the mindset he has. In other words, I, I mean, you just imagine this picture, okay? Paul, I'm sure he's going to be the bride of Christ. Right? Uh, okay, anybody has any doubts? Uh, okay. <laughs> if you have doubts about Paul, what about us? Okay. That is how you need to <laughs> compare ourselves. Okay. So definitely Paul is going to be the part of the bride of Christ. You know, he says, you know what he's saying? I betrothed you to one husband just as I betrothed myself. I am going to walk together with you. I also want you to be a part of that walking down the aisle on that day. That's what he's saying. And every genuine minister of God has this heart for his church. Otherwise, he's not a minister of God. He has this heart. Look at what he says. I am jealous. That is the reason why he's got jealous with you. With what kind of a jealousy? Godly jealousy. And therefore what I'm going to do, because I'm jealous for you, I'm going to confront every kind of a compromise in your life because I'm jealous with godly jealousy because I love you with that kind of a love. Just like the spirit yearns and yearns jealously for you, I also have the same spirit and the same mind that God has. And therefore sometimes, you know, parents are passionate about their children. Why are they passionate? If they don't have passion for their children, they're not parents. You know? If you being evil fathers, what do you do? You go give, you give what? Good gifts. Evil fathers give good gifts, right? So he says, I am betrothed you to one husband so that I may 
present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And he's going to define what that purity is. What the purity is. Look at what he says. But I'm afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by her trickery or her craftiness, that you're what? Minds be led astray. Your minds get divided from that sincere, that pure. The word for sincere is simple or single-minded devotion to Christ. What should I have? Lord, my mind is fixed. I have my mind made up. That is the reason why if you read Second Corinthians chapter 8, 8 verse 11 if I'm right or 10 or 8, 12, maybe 8, 12. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Peter. I love the KJV. Yeah, it's like juices in my mouth. Yeah, read it. Huh? If there be first a willing mind, that's it. It's acceptable. Not with what according to what one does not have, but what according to what he has. He's not looking at perfection, therefore. He's looking at what? A willing mind. If there be first a willing mind. I like the KJV, okay? It's a good, if you are serious, want to study the word of God in depth, have the KJV. You know why? That these and those will make you slow. What will they make you? Slow. That's one of the things that we do. All translations will, we are so, we want to read so fast. Like one express train only. What does thee and thou do? And the comes slows you down. First of all, it will slow you down. And then it will make you think. That's what, that's the reason why A.W. Tozer said, no, we have the weakest, we have the easiest translations and the weakest church. <laughs> directly proportional. I'm not saying that other translations are bad. So don't misunderstand me. I'm not talking about that at all. But I'll tell you something. Some of the gold I have discovered in the word of God is when I started reading the Telugu Bible because it made me slow. Even these and those could not stop me after a while because I got used to them. And Telugu, everywhere break. I have to read and reread and read. I tell you some. Parts of the Telugu Bible I read more times than I read the English Bible. Just to get the flow of thought, just to get the way he is understood. And then I discovered some gold. You know why? God slowed me down. You're too fast. Sometimes you go like a grand trunk train. That was the response, that was the (laughs) feedback that I got when I was teaching the first year of Triple IT, you know? First year, first year of Triple IT, after my first semester was over, there was a feedback for 150 students. Okay, Good teacher, too fast. Good teacher, too fast. Too fast, too fast, too fast. Good teacher, too fast. Too, good teacher, too fast. Too fast, too fast, too fast. I said, oh, got it. Okay, 150 people are saying the same thing. So, I'm not going by majority opinion, but I know sometimes. <laughs> so, go slow. Go slow. Okay. <laughs> Read slow. okay lord yeah i'm gonna slow down okay pure and a simple devotion to christ you see it's maybe um, sometimes my words don't catch up with my mind that is the reason why that's possibly the reason why i'm okay that's the reason i'd improve my language you see, your thought is there, but your language is here. <laughs> it's very difficult to catch up. <laughs> so, therefore, we have a literature major in our midst who is going to help us with all those things, okay? <laughs> oh, boy. So, trickery of your minds, and you led us to, you know what, that, that's the reason why it says in John's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 10, the enemy comes to what? Steal, kill, 
destroy. What does he do? First of all, he will steal. Most of the time, he will steal your time. Your devotion. He will steal you with multiple things that are calling for your attention. That is the reason why the devotional life is so important. Getting up early in the morning or whatever time that you have setting apart. It says, if you don't come apart, you will come apart. Understand? If you don't come apart with God, you will come apart. Come apart. He says, come apart. He just went away from the crowd. Went away from all the busyness of the day. Spent time in the presence of God. What was he doing? Focusing. Focusing. What is the mind of the spirit today? Okay. And especially young people, you have so much of, so much of energy and really most of your energy, you dissipate. It's gone. That is the reason why somebody has to harness you. He should be a horseman. Elisha had his horseman. Who was he? Elijah. Much of your life, what did he do? Nothing. Fast. <laughs> See, if Elisha had what? The belt around his uh, waist and uh, camel skin, do you think he has designer clothing? What do you think? If the master himself had, hmm, what? Camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist. The servant who is pouring water on the master's hand is what? In Telugu, maybe he was, he was having a gochi. I don't know. A loincloth. Today, let us go shopping. I'm going to buy you some new dresses. Nothing. Sir, today we didn't have some food. What is God calling us to do? Fast. I mean, that is incredible, no? No wonder this guy was had double the, I mean not double, he had the double portion of the anointing of Elijah. Ultimately it was the spirit of Elijah which was upon him. Okay. The spirit of Elijah was so much that he could distribute it among three people. <laughs> Amazing. Isn't it? So, understand this. Mind is focused on God. So, the wilderness is such an important exercise for all of us that we should go apart, spend time apart with God. So that we don't come apart. How do we come apart? Because we dissipate our energy in multiple directions. And instead of being focused. That is one of the reasons why we, we are tough with our children. I, I, I tell my children, I said, I am not looking at your sharpness, your brilliance, your intelligence, your... If, I don't, that is not important to me at all. If you are able to sit and concentrate and study for 2, 3, 4, 5 hours, you have gained my respect. Because geniuses... 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. The ability to withstand infinite pressure. Amen. Let's move on. For if one comes and preaches another Jesus. You see that again? See, the revelation has three parts. There's a person, there's a spirit, and there's a letter. What did I say? Person of Jesus Christ, the spirit of, the, spirit of, spirit of Jesus Christ, and also the spirit of God. He's got two names. The spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of God. What does the Spirit of Christ help us? The Spirit of Christ helps us to suffer. Remember? The Spirit of God, uh, the Spirit of Christ in, in them was prophesying about the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glory. First Peter chapter 1, if you will. Okay. The sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. Right? So what is he saying? The person, the Spirit, and the Word. Three have to tally. 
So what should we do? We should have a revelation of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit by looking at the word. Three things have to happen. The revelation of the person by the inspiration and the revelation by the, by the Holy Spirit by looking at the scriptures. If this is not happening, then we are missing the boat. Right? And all of us, it doesn't matter, irrespective of what ministry you are called into or not called into. Because everybody has a part in the body of Christ. Right? All of us have to have this kind of a mindset. Amen? So, have a single-minded focus. Let's move on. First Peter chapter uh, 1. So, how did they have uh, how did they have a, their minds were in perfect peace, right? Because they obeyed the truth. They kept the truth. You remember the word? Faithful people keep the truth. They just don't hear the truth. They keep the truth. And what is the result of keeping the truth? See, in, in, uh, in the Bible, when we're talking about purity, we're just not talking about not sinning. Yeah. When you're talking about purity, Cleanse your hearts, you sinners. Purify your minds. Oh, sorry, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. So, in other words, purity in the Bible has one one of the connotations, or one of the one of the one of the um, teachings of the Bible, in, in as far as purity is concerned, is singleness of mind. The purpose, is, you know, the purpose for which God has created you, you have a very clear understanding of it and you are pursuing that purpose with all of your heart. You do not, you're not divided. Okay? Understand? So, so when, you, when you're talking about biblical purity, we're talking about pure singleness of mind. Your mind is absolutely focused on the things that God wants you to do. Alright? So it says in 1 Peter chapter, uh, chapter, uh, uh, chapter 1 verse 22, how do you have this pure purity? Okay? Now that you have purified yourselves by what? Obeying the truth. How do you do it? By not listening to the truth. By obeying the truth. So, what is the result of obeying the truth? Sincere love. First is sincere. The word for in, in KJV is unfeigned love. Love without hypocrisy or dissimulation. There is sincere love. In other words, I can look into you. You can look into my mind. You, uh, we can look at each other in each other's eyes. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about transparency over here. I have no intention of deceiving you or taking you for a ride. You understand what I'm saying, and so that is what we, that, that is what we are called. Uh, that, that is what we are called to do. We have to speak the truth in love. Okay, so the love is what is sincere. It's pure. It is without hypocrisy. That is first kind of love. I mean, first attribute of that love, and then is also what deep. It is sincere, and it is also deep, meaning it cannot be easily shaken. The depth of your love. Okay. How much you love another person. Do you love deeply? They are in deep love. What does that mean? You say something about that person. It doesn't matter. He will cover it. You know there is a saying in Telugu. If somebody is your friend and you love him deeply. Even if you say a bad word. It will sound like Narayana. But if you don't love that person deeply, even if you say Narayana, it'll sound like a bad word. <laughs> I mean, some, some of the ancient Telugu sayings are really interesting. Okay. <laughs> okay. If you really want to understand whether the person who is your friend loves you deeply, 
test him when you have trouble in your life aapadaina vela narasi bandula chudu meaning if you have aapada means when you have trouble in your life see who your real, who is your real relative bhayamu when you get frightened chudu bantutanam see your true friend when you are frightened when you are scared when things are going against you see your true friend peda vela chudu pendlamu gunamu meaning when you go through poverty then you will know the real the real heart of your wife vishwada birama kya baat is all philosophers and <laughs> you see when you are really going through poverty then you should know your the real nature of your wife will come out and what has what happened to job he lost his wife he lost his children lost his property lost everything and what does madam say how long you will will you hold fast to your integrity your single minded devotion to god is absolutely so deep how long will you hold on to it curse god and die see depth of your love is tested when you go through can you put your neck on the line for your brothers you see that is deep love can you put your neck on the line i was listening to a man of god you were saying sometimes god will test you so much he will see whether you will put the neck on the line for your leadership that is the reason why they have genuine ministries that is the reason why i listen to them why do they why do they honor my time i mean why do they uh, demand my time and my attention and my and my sincerity and my and my and my time is because they have this kind of an attitude and i want to listen to those people you see deeply that is faithful my dear brothers okay because we we this so kind of a this what we call as a sentimental shallow love it's all based upon feelings and hearsay nothing about of truth there can you put the your neck on the line for your brothers because it will it they will come at times i'm telling you last days everything will be tested okay. and don't be so confident saying even if everybody forsakes you i will not only by the grace of god lord lead me not into <laughs> temptation but deliver me from evil lord that should be our prayer deeply proverbs chapter 14 verse 5 a faithful witness will not lie but a false witness will utter lies that is nkjv look at niv no look at what look at what it says an honest witness does not deceive but a false witness pours out his lies like a tap water when you open the tap shit will come out lies therefore the lord says everybody proclaims his own goodness a faithful man who can find a challenge it's a question mark it's a rhetorical question it's a rhetorical question to all of us my dear brothers and sisters will the lord find me faithful in the last days because what manner of persons ought you to be that you live your life in holy conduct and godliness therefore if any man thinks that he stands let him take heed lest he fall but god will not test you beyond your ability
Some of you, I think you need to use a remote somewhere. Amen? <clears throat> so first is faithfulness. Okay, seven attributes we're looking at. First is what? Faithfulness. And we looked at what biblical faithfulness and where do we stand there. How is our, our focus? Can we easily get distracted? The Philistines are upon you, Sam- Samson. You know, those, those things will happen to you. <laughs> you see? And that's exactly what happened to Saul also. The Philistines are upon you. Get the sacrifice. We'll come to that later on. Second, wisdom. A wise servant. First is what? Faithful servant. A wise, wise servant. Now, by the way, this is not, this is, there are two kinds of biblical wisdom, okay? Biblical wisdom has two attributes. One is what we call a sophos, which is Sophia, from which you get the word wisdom, which means understanding, I mean, which is knowledge and and in, uh, understanding certain things, etc. This has got to do with knowing, I'll tell you, it's like, it's like a good investor. Like, you know, remember, pastor was talking about when the stock is going down or the stock is going up. He knows exactly where to put his money and resources and time. That's what biblical wisdom is. You see, if you have perspective, then half your battle is over. The stock might go low, but uh, and high temporarily, but eventually it will yield you a profit because you know it. For example, I think uh, natural resources, if they, if I'm right, they have a good stock price, a stable stock price. Except I think for oil, I'm not sure. Um, I don't know blue chips, what blue chips are, but I'm not a, a very good guy with money management. Okay. <laughs> but wisdom is talking about this. What is this biblical wisdom? He's talking about knowing exactly where the purposes of God is or what is the purpose of God in your time? What is the purpose of God in your time? And investing yourself completely into it. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? So, so that is the reason why you need to have focus. It's not like, you know what, I'll keep, I will diversify my investment. No. Noah did not diversify. All eggs in one basket. But you should know which basket that is. That basket was the ark. So we need to know the purposes of God. I'll tell you something, no? Find the purpose of God for your generation and stick around that place. Hang around. Where the action is happening. <laughs> and stay there. That is the reason when you need spiritual wisdom. Matthew chapter 7. Let us look at Matthew chapter 7. Therefore, <clears throat> whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a, what? A wise man who built his house. And what is this wisdom? It explains what that wisdom is. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew. That means it was tested in every kind of an environment. In other words, he'll build a life which should withstand judgment. It's like this, no? What was what was what did God ask uh, Noah to build? An ark. Right? An ark. Who should fund the project? 
Nova. Thank you. <laughs> Okay. Oh God. Okay, fine. It's so convenient, isn't it? God. Whenever we we see somewhere, God, God, uh, yes, Lord, we need money. Yes, you have the money. Please, can you invest? No, 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 no. Uh, Lord, I don't know for a rainy day. No, no, no. Noah said, "You build an ark. Who who pays for the ark? You." Now look at this guy building an ark. All investment in one basket. After the flood came, what were the returns? The whole earth. Pandavi is going on. Game girl, what do you want? What do you want? <laughs> that is the reason why he says the meek shall inherit. Why does he use the word word, word meek? He says, "Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show his conduct with the meekness that comes from what wisdom." What construction of a sentence, my dear brothers? In other words, this guy says, Lord, I am meek, meaning, Lord, I want to learn from you. I have no idea as to how to build my life. I am a dud in as far as spiritual life is concerned. You have to tell me what to do, where to invest, what I start to do with my resources and my money. Please tell me and I will do it. It might look foolish in the eyes of the world, but you know what it says? Through faith, he condemned the world. And therefore, a life which could withstand judgment. Hebrews chapter 11. Hmm? About Noah. By faith, Noah. We looked at the perfect man. Seven. Seven attributes of a perfect man. If you want, you can go back and uh, listen to that teaching. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, they never saw a rain in their entire life, but he was warned. In holy fear, what did he do? He built an ark to save his family. He invested his entire life to save his family. You see, a lot of people raise money it's called fundraising. I'm not against fundraising, okay? They raise money from everywhere except themselves. The proof of the pudding is in the... If you think the stock is so good, why are you not investing? I don't know. Let me tell you something. Many people are still not sure of the kingdom of God. They don't have an assurance that this is an eternal kingdom. And all my investment has to go into this. They still don't have that assurance. The people in the world are wiser than these fellows. Because they are double. That is the reason why he says a double-minded man will receive what? Nothing means what? Sunna, Arasunna, Visarga. That's what he will receive. Zero, two zeros and half a zero. Everything is it? Zero. That's it. You see, that is where you are tested. What is wisdom? Follow your money trail. I will tell your wisdom. (laughs) Where do you put your money? By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. He invested everything. Why? Hebrews chapter 12. And his voice shook the earth. Then, but now he has promised, saying, it is not, he said, if God, the, every promise of God is yes and amen. Okay, that means if he says something will happen, it will happen. 
<laughs> there are no ifs, buts, nothing. Yet once more I will shake not only the earth but also the heavens. In other words, your satellite in space called the International Space Station, that also I will shake. You are wanting to build colonies there now. How to colonize space? That also I will shake. I will shake the demonic realm. I will shake the heavens that you live in. Your three-dimensional space will be shaken, lock, stock and barrel. This expression, yet once more, what does it denote? It denotes, look at this, it denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things. You see that? So what do we worship these days? We do not worship the creator. We worship what? Look at the creation. The work of our own hands. And you put the trust in the work of your own hands. God is going to break that. He is going to shake it. And he's going to fall to your ground. Fall to the ground. Hook, line and sinker. Lock, stock and barrel. Put a trust in that. You will not allow anything but complete trust in him. So what do you, what do you as a wise man do? Lord, show me. How do I build my life? Where do I put my resources? Where do I put my money? How do I put my time? This is so, this is crucial. Okay, we cannot take these things lightly in the last days. In the light of things that are happening around the world, my goodness, I'm telling you, all around prophetic voices have the same, same tenor. If that is happening, then you have to take heed. I, I was talking to Pastor the other day. He was talking about uh, 2030. 2030. He was talking to me about 2030, and I was, I was uh, browsing. And are studying different different men of God, and one guy was talking about 2030. And you know what the statement he made? According to theologians, according to theologians, the day when Jesus Christ died was the year 30, AD, 33, 30 AD. Okay, whereabouts? Because he, he was born in BC, so it was 30, 30 AD. Hmm? He was born born in 4 BC because there's no 0 BC, okay, or 3 BC, if I'm right. So approximately. 30 AD was when Jesus was crucified and he was buried and he rose from the dead. 2030 is exactly going to be 2000 years since that event happened. And according to Peter, a thousand years is like? Like a day. See, I'm not making all these, uh, I'm not setting any times. You look at this. You know what UN Charter is saying? They're saying vision 2030 for the whole world. Who's saying this? UN. And what are Christians saying? We don't know when God is going to come. They are not prepared. The world is prepared. See, this is what we call as complacency. He can't be complacent during these times. It says the complacency of the fools will do what? Will destroy them. Sloppy, complacent ministers and kingdom of God people. How can that be? How can that? How, how is it possible? We, we should be off. We should be more charged up and excited and ready and raring to go. Not taking things lightly. Okay. Yet once more, he's going to shake so that those things which cannot be shaken might remain. And what are those things that cannot be shaken? Your relationship with God and your relationship with your brothers, which is out of deep love, you will stand by each other and you will take a bullet from one another. That kind of a love. It's a corporate expression. So there you cannot have any hypocrisy. You should, you should have dealt with everything. I mean, 
otherwise you know what you, you it's just going what you do in this world is relevant ultimately ultimately is going to be relevant your phd's from the top schools will be absolutely irrelevant <laughs> sometimes you know you have an mit degree okay one guy who is a youtuber making videos he'll be making 10 times more than an mit professor what kind of a world we are living in this one guy called dhruvrati you know dhruvrati he's got a youtube channel the guy is an engineer from a from a top school in germany he gave it up engineering mein kuch nahi hai and he came and he became what a journalist a youtuber 1.5 million subscribers and tons of money i mean nowadays people are saying youtube is a youtuber is a new what profession yeah youtuber what do you want to become youtuber what do you need a camera and content that's all so things have changed over a period of time so you know things how things are changing in the world what you know what that means if you are wise see where that where the trend is and invest yourself into that if you are spiritually wise see what the trend of god is what the holy spirit is doing in this time and what invest yourself completely into that that's what i mean that is wisdom understand therefore since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken let's show gratitude by which we may offer to god an acceptable sacrifice with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire he is going to shake everything gospel according to luke chapter 12 we know this example very well and he told them this parable the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest he thought to himself what shall i do i have no place to store my crops then he said this is what i'll do i will tear down my barns and build bigger barns and there i will store my surplus grain i'll say to myself you have plenty of grain laid up for many years take it easy take it take life easy retire early that's the common jargon my parents used to uh, retire whenever they when they were 62 years 60 years old my dad service nowadays the retirement age is getting younger and younger what are people doing they're going traveling all around the world and doing making youtube channels 45 years they they'll retire take it easy eat drink and be god said what you rich idiot fool basically ante chaala telivaina very vaadu you are very intelligent and a fool this very night your life will be demanded then what that is the reason why you know he tells uh, the corinthian church why are you fighting for property this context is one one fellow gets up and he says lord ask my brother to divide the property he says who made me arbiter over your property judge or arbiter okay a man's life does not consist with the abundance of the things that he possesses and then he gives us parable and then he, therefore he tells the corinthian church you are fighting with one another and you are taking your 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 uh, brothers to court on property don't you know that you will what judge angels I mean, can you imagine i don't know that that is going to be fantastic isn't it i mean if you really really that is the reason we need to ask god for revelations like this or what is it going to be i can only imagine we can sing that song but you know 
See, we have to have a very sober estimate of our life, of ourselves. Look at what James chapter 4 will say. James chapter 4. Sober estimate. Okay. James chapter 4. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. Yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You know, the, 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 the KJV uses the word, what is your life? You don't even know. You know how sensitive and how, what do you call, uh, uh, fragile your life is? Fragile. One guy, today in the morning newspaper, seven people going in the Audi, crashed into a telephone pole, all young people died. They were what, in their 20s? All died? What is your life? And you know that your life is such a such a vapor. What are you going to do? See, that is the reason why you see David and Solomon. Solomon had Sophia. And the word for here in the in the Greek in uh, in uh, for, for uh, wise here is phronos, which means which means heavenly divine wisdom. Solomon had Sophia. That means he built his own house. David had phronos. What did he build? God's temple. He said, okay, fine, I, ca- I cannot build God's temple, but I'm, what am I going to do? I'm going to get the bl- blueprint. I'm going to invest myself in getting as much money as possible and resources so that I can put into the God's temple, into the temple of God. That is wisdom. Ultimately, this fellow, he became a fool. What did he have to say? Vanity, 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 vanity. It's all air, 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 hava. That is, the, that is the reason why we call what is your a, a hava, all India rank, air. That is what? Hava. 22 rank. <laughs> hava. <laughs> all India rank, 22 means, that is 22 is your hava. You are the big, biggest hava in India. You see that? Not saying that is wrong. Perspective is important, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I would love my children to do all these, okay? Bunch of guys in my school. You know, I have identified some sharp students. I said, you know, train these guys and make them do the best. Okay? For you are just a vapor. Have you seen vapor? Coffee. Sam's coffee. Just see the vapor. It's gone. It's gone. Over. You can't even hold it. Appears for a little while and it vanishes away. You see, let me tell you something. He says, what is life? Six, three scores and ten. By reason of strength, ten more. Eighty years. You know what that is? And majority of that eight years is what? Sorrow. Right? Majority of our life is thinking, you think it is happiness. No, 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 no. Sorrow, sorrow, more sorrow. <laughs> and we borrow and borrow and borrow. <laughs> and we get more and more sorrow. <laughs> you see, that is our life. Ultimately, the Philistines will be upon us. All the creditors are upon us. What has happened to our life? We wasted. My brothers, one life. Say, Lord, I'm starting this ninth month. of the year is left. I want to focus. I want to run harder, faster, more focused, more disciplined. But the 
power of the Holy Spirit and the grace of God the rest of the three months, four months. So therefore you say, instead you ought to say, if the... So what should you spend your time? Knowing the will of God, that's a problem. <laughs> that why do we why do we say sanctification, sanctification, sanctification? This is the will of God, your sanctification. Why do we say meditation, meditation, meditation? It is through the renewing of your mind you will be able to prove that which is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So what do we do most of the time? Dissipate our energy. We are not wise in the way we handle our time and our resources, especially the energies that God has given us. After this while, all this energy will go. One day will become, I don't know what kind of a voice. <laughs> but as long as I have this energy, Lord, it is for your glory. Amen. If the Lord wills, we will live and do this and that. Find the will of God for your life. Spend time. Give yourselves opportunities to know the will of God. Once you know the will of God, you know what? Your life is set. You will not waste any more time. You know exactly what to do. And everything, all the priorities will be around that. This is the will of God. Therefore, in order to accomplish this will, this is what I have to do. This is what I have to do. These are the kinds of people I'm, got, I'm, I'm supposed to interact with and, and fellowship with. These are the kinds of teachers I have to listen to. Uh, these are the kinds of uh, places where I have to invest my money. These are the kinds of places where I have to invest my time. All these things will be very clear, you know, because you know the will of God for your life. Therefore, again, First Peter chapter 4 will say that knowing the will of God. Knowing the will of God. Know the will of God for your life. Specific. I'm not talking about general specific. Amen. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is what? Evil. So, for one who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, for him it is sin. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 13. A fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he who wins souls. Where should you invest? Souls. He is wise. So first thing you looked at, faithful. Second, we looked at wise. Third thing, we look at a ruler. God has made him a ruler. What does this mean? What does this mean? Acts chapter 7. The patriarchs, because they they were jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt, but God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles and granted him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler. So what is what is what 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 kind of a ruler this is? This is a kind of a ruler who's been tested. He has gone through fire. He has gone through trial. To make a ruler is not a day, one day process. In other words, this is a person who made himself available to the prunings and the testings of God. What did I say? Ah, made himself available to the prunings and the testings of God. Joseph, here are my father. Go and see whether your brothers are doing well or not. What was he? was available for the testings of God. That was a test of God. Till Shechem, did you find him? No. Where did he go to? Dothan. And what happened to him? Sold him. Ruler. Spiritual ruler. Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. But before he did that, you know what he did? He sent a man before them. Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Why he was available for the testings of God. Are you available for the testings of God? No, people run away from tests. That is what we call Corona batch. 
We don't want test. But thank God, uh, he doesn't allow us uh, without tests, no? You know what it's, what Job, Job says? He tests me every moment. Daily is 24 hours, 24 hours times 60 times 60. <laughs> he tests me every moment. Testing, but he is available. Meaning what, Lord, I know you are putting me through a test. I am by the power of your spirit. I want to pass this test. Whatever test that you are going through, be patient in your test. Sometimes waiting is a test. No is a test. Failure is a test. Success is a bigger test. Then you have sudden quizzes. Surprise test. Right? <laughs> you know, what do we call a surprise? That is the reason we go to, we send our children to Chaitanya, right? Why do we, why do we send them to Chaitanya and not Zilla Parishad school? Surprise test. Exactly. Okay. Sold as a slave. Hurt his feet with fetters. Laid in irons until the time his word came to pass. Meaning what? God gave him a vision. God gave him a purpose. And for that purpose of God to come to pass in his life, you know what? He was willing to be tested and never compromise. That is how God made him a ruler. You understand how cogent the Bible is? Precise. Until the time that his word came to pass. And how long was that? 13 years. He held on to it. Never gave up. God gave, I'm sure he gave me a promise. He gave you a promise. He gave all of us a promise. You know what? Many of us want to quit and run for our lives. We don't want to allow God to test us. Because God never tests us to demote us. He always tests us to what? Promoters. After a test, there is a promotion, my dear brothers. Therefore, he says, examine yourself, test yourself, and know whether Christ is in you, otherwise you have become what? Reprobate means what? Failed the test. Then what happens after that? The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions. You know what? He made Pharaoh, made Joseph a ruler for his entire house. Okay. To bind his princes at his pleasure. Teach his elders wisdom. A ruler. So, see? See the point? First is faithful. Then is wisdom. Then you are made ruler. And once you made a ruler, you know what Joseph did? He fed, right? Fed his people. Hmm. So one who prepares food. You see how nicely the word of God comes? What does that mean? You know exactly how much to feed and what to feed. What did I say? How much to feed and what to feed. Second Timothy chapter 4. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. How? Be ready, in season, out of season. Okay, Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and all teaching. Actually, if you look at Colossians chapter, can you read that for me? Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28, if you don't mind. <clears throat> Whom we preach, warning every man, teaching every man, in all wisdom. I like that. What wisdom? All wisdom. And then, go on. 
that we may present every man complete, whole, healthy, perfect. That's what that's the word, okay? Healthy in Christ, and then to this end I labor. Where unto I also labor, striving according to his working that works mightily in me. You see, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching, meaning very patient with, with your with people who are under you, basically. Sometimes, you know, uh, some students that I have, you have, have to be patient, okay? Some students, they test me like anything. There's one guy who tests me. My daughter says, after you teach him, don't come and teach me. Very clear. Okay. After you teach him, daddy, I don't want you to come to teach me after you teach him, okay? Let, your, let all your energies go down. In the evening, you can teach me. They are very clear because they can have their daddy at any time, no? So this guy out of, and then my wife says, Vijay, don't scream, don't shout, be gentle, be gentle, be calm. And then you know what? Slowly, gently, even though I don't want to call him beta, I still call him beta. You see? So this is important. Okay. I have to be, I have to call him beta, child. What about the parents? Beti, beta. They are also beta. This is also beta. That is bigger beta. This is small beta. All is beta only. I am alpha. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> All beta. beta. Be patient, kind, composed. And you know, this, this, this is again practice. With long suffering. How do you convince them? With long suffering. How do you conv- rebuke them? With long suffering. How do you exhort them? With long suffering. That is the reason why he says, a, a preacher of the word of God should not be quarrelsome. Should not be quarrelsome. But with patient instructing those who are in opposition. If perhaps God might grant them what? Repentance, that they may turn, that they may come to their senses, having escaped the snare of the devil, which has captured them to do his will. What a statement that is for for Timothy. Convince, rebuke, exhort. We like all those things, but you know what? With long suffering and teaching. You see, beta. Second Timothy chapter 4. For the time will come. Why? They will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. What will they do? Because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers who will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned aside to fables. They'll, everybody loves story. I'm not saying we should not tell story. People don't like propositions. <laughs> they like only story. <laughs> Okay. Look at what it says in Ezekiel chapter 34. Read on. For thus says the Lord God, Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep. Kya baat hai? What do you do? Because my sheep hear my voice and what do I do? I lead them by still waters and green pastures. Right? 
And as a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And then what what does he do? I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them to their own land. I will what? Feed them on the mountains of Israel. But how does he feed them? Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 10. Peter 3 verse 8 or 10. If you, please can you read it? Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 8 or 10. With. And I said. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Uh, it, it was 8 maybe or 10. Where he says I will give you shepherds after my own flock. Own, own heart. Or pastors after my own heart. Was 8 or 6? <laughs> where, where he says. I'm sorry. I Is it there? I'll give them ship pastors after me. He says the word pastors, the word in KJV is very interesting. It says uses the word pastor. Is it there? Okay, it's okay. No problem. Let's not waste. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. You see? God wants to give us good, rich food full of nutrients, right? And then how does he do that? I will seek that which was lost. There will be a lot of lost people. They have to be fed with those things which will bring them back to God. I will bring back that which, that which was driven away. So many people would have left churches because they were offended and tired of the leadership and ran away. God says, you know what? I will bring them all those people who are driven away. I will give them, I will feed them which those things which will keep them in the house of God. And then you know what I will do? I will bind up the broken. You see, the bruised reed, God will not break. A smoking flax, he will not put out. And then what will I do? I will strengthen those who are sick. I will feed them with those things which will make them strong. And then, hmm, with those who are fat, I will destroy them and feed them in judgment. Meaning, I will discipline the fat ones. There will be fattened flock everywhere. What are, what, are, what is supposed to happen to them? They should be made lean. <laughs> because Jeshurun gets waxes fat and then he kicks. So I do all these things. <sighs> according to your maturity level and also according to the times. 1 Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. Of the sons of Issachar who are understanding of the times. You see, this is so important for every one of us to know this. We need to have an understanding of what what are the, what, what kind of times we are living in. You see, bro, uh, let me tell you, you know, everybody is running after vaccination. Everybody. And they are getting offended with people who don't take vaccination. I mean, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm, this is my personal experience. I'm not talking about what pastor says. This is what I'm experiencing in my own circles. It's interesting. I mean, even... Sometimes, even uh, the places where you rent, they'll ask you, have you taken, taken vaccination? And sometimes they could be believers. It's very interesting. She, I mean, how is, how is that you don't ask these questions? When you see all these things are happening, why don't you just dig a little bit deeper and you will see that this is absolutely a deception that is going on. You don't have to be a great theologian or a, a guy with tremendous understanding. You can It's right there in front of your eyes. They're literally taking you down and you 
Your eyes are so blinded. I mean, if other people do it, I understand that. And if other people don't have the opportunities to, because of they're under some kind of a coercion, I understand that too. But when you have the freedom, what's the, what's what's going on over here? And then somebody else does it, you judge them. It's dangerous living in those times where. We are, I mean, uh, st- stunning actually, you know, when, when pastors say certain things, you know, I, I say, is this really happening? And then I have to go and do some search, some search and I don't have to look really far. It's just not one voice who's saying this. There's so many voices who are saying this. Authentic voices. And do we have the sons, uh, understanding of the times? That is the reason why he tells the Pharisees, you see the clouds and you say this. You see the sky and you're able to predict the weather. But don't you have the understanding of times, you perverse generation? Means your mind is twisted basically. Or you don't want to see the signs of times. Hmm? So we looked at four positives today. We'll stop there, but we're not going to go to the others. Do we really understand the times? Look at the times that we are living in. He, that is the reason why he tells Paul, Paul tells the Thessalonians concerning times and seasons, I don't have to write to you because you very well know. That, that day does not come except the falling away comes first. That's exactly what is happening. There's also a falling away. There's also a ingathering. And the ingathering is subtle. It's not very obvious, but the falling away is very obvious. You see? So, having the understanding of times, what do they do? They know exactly what Israel ought to do. How many chiefs are there? 200 people enough. And all their brothers were at there. I mean, that means they had a testimony. You know what they said? This guy, I know his life. I know his testimony. I know he has an understanding of times. His life and his testimony and his message are one. I want to follow this guy. Because he has a clear understanding of what is going on. Of the sons of Issachar, who had understanding of the times. Let us not be blind, my dear brothers. Let us not be blind. We, we see, we as spiritual leaders, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm talking about men and women in the last days, especially men, if you are given a position of leadership in your home, you have to be the person who will take a stand and say, you know what, this is what we do. This is, how, this, is what, this is the understanding that I have. You have to be consistent. Sometimes your own family may not like the decisions that you make, but they know your life. They know this guy is, his heart is focused, his life is focused. I know I can trust him. That is something which you have to build in your own home first. And in your church. All brothers at their command. That is the reason why he tells about Abraham. Can I hide from Abraham what I am about to do, knowing that Abraham is going to command his children to follow the precepts of God? You know what? They say something and they obey. The times that we are living in are perilous times. And the word for perilous is, you know what? Times of intense stress. One, one translation. Second translation, times of intense demonic activity. Both. Remember the place in Gadarene, when at, at Gadara, when uh, Jesus goes, they were uh, they were having the, the 
two men running towards them with fierce dispositions. Fierce dispositions meaning what? They were under tremendous demonic influence. And we are living in such times. There's a commander-in-chief. We also have a poisoner-in-chief. Poisoning the minds of people. So, we keep our minds focused. We understand the times. We lead people by leading, by, by following God. Okay, By following God. That's the reason why Paul says, follow me, even as I follow Christ. Four things we looked at. Faithfulness, wisdom, a ruler, and a person who feeds. He knows the seasons and the times that he lives in. He feeds himself with the spiritual food and he feeds others according to the season that he's living in. Amen? We look at the other three in another study. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Lord, we are living in real, real difficult times. The Philistines are upon us. And much of the church, which had a calling of the Nazarite, is, 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 is literally laying on the laps of Delilah, compromising their conse- consecration and revealing the source of their inner strength. Lulled by pleasure. Losing the sight of their calling. And I pray, Father, that you would find in our church men and women whose minds are focused, who will not become complacent, who will intuit what the Spirit of the Lord is saying because they have practiced to listen to the still, small voice of the Spirit of the living God and have not hardened their hearts when they heard Him. I pray, Father, you would find such people in our church and in all those people who are hearing us. Prepare us for the rest of the four months. That we will remain focused. That we will not lose our peace. Our peace with God and our peace with our brothers. Knowing the promises of God, we will perfect holiness in the fear of God. And we will practice a life of holy conduct and godliness. Because you said, he who practices righteousness is born of God. And I pray, Father, you would not stir everyone who is born of God in our church, those people will hear us, to practice a lifestyle of righteousness. And those who do not know you are still not born again. I pray, Father, that you would send your quickening spirit, O Lord. You would bring forth conviction, repentance, and new birth in their lives. You are able to do it, O Lord. 
Because you gave us a promise that for this year, that you will enlarge our tents to the left and to the right. And Lord, we will not be disobedient to the vision that you have given to us as a church. But we will endeavor to bring that vision that you have given to us by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God to its logical completion in our lives and in the life of our congregation. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless. We'll see you in the evening at 6 o'clock.